It's time for JT the Brick. This is about as good as it gets. <laughs> it is. There's some legends here. No though, doubt right? about it. I can't believe the Raiders had Cliff Branch and Fred Blinnikoff um, on the same team, but uh, <laughs> but they had they had such a dynamic team. JT the Brick. I just loved it. I don't know. I just love the Raiders. I, I'm, I'm not sure why growing up in Kansas, I love John Madden and Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan. Mark Van Egan. Yeah. Um, guys like that. I just, I don't know. I just love the Raiders for some reason. Jackpot, baby! And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, Friday... Friday in Vegas. Let's hope this weather doesn't reel its head next week. Oh, no. It is drizzling in Summerlin. Alert the presses. As I said, I've lived everywhere. Well, I'm born in New York. I lived in San Francisco. I lived in L.A. for 10 years. I lived in San Diego for eight years. And I've lived in Vegas since 96, on and off, been here full-time since 2009. And I love, the, I love it here the most. I do. I love it here the most for a number of reasons. It's an adult playground. It's amazing for golf. It's a great place to have a great life out here in Vegas. And it never rains. I often tell people it never rains. Uh, it's drizzling today. And we can't have any of this for the draft. I'm not a big weather guy. You ever meet people that say, I hope it rains. We need the rain. Never been me. I went to college in upstate New York. It was gray skies gray skies and snow for most of my years in college so i'm not a guy saying i hope it rains we need the rain we do if you've driven out to lake mead and you see the bathtub rings we do need rain but i turn my water on and it's on every day and we'll deal with it for generations to come but we can't have any clouds we can't have any rain during this and there is a dirty little secret in vegas dirty and only the people that live here locally know it behind the link And, Bobby, you can jump in here, too, because I lived there. I lived on the corner of Colval, on the corner of Colval and Flamingo. Yep, I remember. Remember, that's where Tupac got shot. I lived in the apartments at the time at the corner where Tupac was shot. And that's not too far away from the walking distance crow flies where they decided to put this draft, which is okay. I didn't agree with the location. It's literally about a block away. About a block away. But, Bobby, what happens when it rains in that location? It's, 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 it's a whole lot like Niagara Falls. It's to be Niagara Falls. I knew I'd bring you in in the monologue. So it cannot rain, and as long as it's not like pouring rain, we have these monsoons like once a year maybe, or maybe we haven't had it in three years. i got to get but, some of the weather guys on. That's usually in the late summer. You don't have to worry about right. that. It's actually supposed to be in the mid-90s all through the draft. Yes, the weather's Allegedly. supposed to be great. I don't do weather reports, uh, but we can get Ted Pretty on for that. He's a diehard Raider fan. Uh, and Kevin Jamison, uh, Jamison, great Raider fan. But the point I'm making is, as Bobby pointed out, the dirty secret in Vegas is when they built the Flamingo and behind that area where the link is, there's a lot of garages, right? And there's a lot of tunnels and garages. And when it rains badly, I'm talking badly, that place floods like Niagara Falls. Like you can take a boat through it. So that's the only thing we have to avoid. And it's about a good two or three feet deep. Too. Oh, it's two or three feet. You can take a boat through it. And I'm not talking a rowboat. You can drop a Boston Whaler in there or a 30-foot speedboat and drive through that. It's crazy if you've ever been there for that. And I'm not putting the jinx on it because, as Bobby said, we looked at the weather before the show. Welcome to the show. We're brought to you by PT. It's the best happy hour in town. We're doing a lot with them. Uh, we're hoping that the Golden Knights make the playoffs because if they do, they're a proud partner. Along with Golden Entertainment, you can watch all those games there. Robin Leonard uh, has, is undergoing season-ending surgery for a lower bo- body injury. 
We had the coach on yesterday. I asked him about the goalie switch. I had no idea Robin Leonard was going to be deactivated for the season. He suffered the injury March 8th to the Flyers in Philadelphia, and since then it's aggravated, so they shut him down. So that's where they're at. They have to win out. They got some help last night from Calgary, which was really important. So we'll see what happens here the rest of the season. That's a big deal. I think Logan Thompson, he's the starting goaltender from here on out, so everybody should get behind him. So we got the Golden Knights here in the monologue. Daryl LaMonica passed away yesterday. Um, I think everybody should be calling our entire channel today nonstop on Daryl LaMonica, period, okay? So today I talked to three former Raider players who are esteemed alumni, esteemed alumni, and I asked them about Daryl. And I told all the gentlemen, too, that I wasn't going to put their names on the radio, which they were fine with, but that's how I do my job. I don't, I don't quote everybody because I don't want to take someone's quote out of context. So I took some notes here I want to share with you. And these are from three of the greatest Raiders of all time that played with him who I talked to today. And I also talked to Vinny Bonsignor who wrote the cover story. Brilliant job by Vinny, the man behind the deep ball, the mad bomber. That's the cover story today. And all three gentlemen told me that this guy, Daryl LaMonica, was the most competitive Raider that they ever played with. I mean, he was a gentleman, but a mean-ass competitor. Like the type of competitor that you all know in your life, in business, or you knew in sports, if you played in high school or college, the one guy that was just uh, intense all the time to compete. So he loved to compete. He competed in everything in his life. I also wanted to do a deep dive on the history of LaMonica when LaMonica was benched for Ken Stabler. And at that time, he had George Blanda, Hall of Famer, Daryl LaMonica, one of the all-time greats, all-time, and then Kenny Stabler, who was going to get his shot. And Snake ended up going to the Hall of Fame. Took him too long, but he went there. So with all of this combined, it was a tough time for Daryl LaMonica. He had a lot left. He was the king of the deep ball. Al Davis loved the deep ball, brought him in on the trade, the famous trade with Buffalo. And it was one of the biggest trades in the history of the AFL. So with all that combined, Daryl had a deal with the fact that he wasn't going to play. And as one alumni told me, Daryl knew it was the end of his time eventually with the Raiders because Snake was up next. And we all know what happened to Snake. He ended up being a great player. He handled that with class and dignity and was always ready to go. Remember, George Blander at that time was a kicker at the end of his career. He came in and won an MVP due to the injury of LaMonica and coming in there. So imagine that in Raider history, to have George Blander, Daryl LaMonica, and a young Ken Stabler all on this team. John Madden, the head coach. Al Davis, the owner and general partner. And some of the greatest players who ever played. I'm talking ever played. Jim Otto. Go through the list on both sides of the ball. And, you know, talking to these gentlemen today, it was just fascinating. Really, probably maybe the biggest perk of my job is to talk to Raider legends who give me this information about Daryl. And all three of them said the greatest competitor they ever played with, also Jim Otto, was mentioned by two or three of them, too, as insanely competitive. Everyone was competitive, but Daryl LaMonica was just at a different level. So we should pay tribute to him. The Raiders put out a, a, so much. Raiders put out a lot of good content, and there'll be more. So with all of that, 
you know, this should be Daryl LaMonica week, Friday. I got a busy second hour of the show. We're going to open up the 1 o'clock hour with a replay of a Daryl LaMonica interview. So we did one yesterday. He was fabulous. We got another one. And then I have two draft insiders who we've scheduled all week who are going to join us in the second hour. And this hour is kind of wide open. Fabian Washington, former first-round pick for the Raiders, as we review the Raider history of the draft and talk about his life, once a Raider, always a Raider. And then your phone calls at 702-365-9200. A couple of housekeeping items. First off, on draft day from noon to 2, we got the party for you. I've been waiting for it to be confirmed. Modelo. I have a, today I have an inside. I have my bucket of Modellos on ice. And believe me, I deserve it this week. I'm going to have my bucket of Modellos in about two hours. Uh, we're going to do a draft remote for Modelo at a great spot, Cafe Americano at Caesars Palace. It's a walk to property. It's a great outdoor spot, covered patio, great food, ice cold Modellos on draft directly across the street from the NFL draft and fan experience. Connected to the iconic Caesars Palace Resort and Casino, located just outside the check-in desk. It's an amazing spot to grab a beer on your way to the walk on the strip. So we don't do a lot of remotes because I love doing great radio and remotes at times are not great radio. We decided to do this one and it's going to be great. So please join me Thursday next week Noon to 2, we'll be at Cafe Americano, out on the patio, overlooking the Vegas Strip. You're all invited. I need my brothers from the Black Hole. This is a noon to 2 thing. And then I'm going to walk across the street from 3 to 5 to go to Dre's, the rooftop of Dre's, and anchor the Raider Draft with Eric Allen and Jason Fritz. And that's going to be fun for two hours. So I'm doing four out of five radio hours of radio here. Q's involved. Vinny, everybody's involved. Or line up here. So please pencil that in. I got the spot for you. I will, you know, I got to, you know, don't drink on the job. But these are my Modelo partners. So I will have an ice cold Modelo with you. And then we'll have a great time. I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this remote. And then uh, Friday I'll be at M Resort, our proud partner, for a nice event from 6 to 8 p.m. It's the home hotel of the Raiders. That'll be a lot of fun. A lot of Raider alumni are coming in. And a lot of people are going to be here. So want you to be involved with us. Please come out to Cafe Americano outside Caesars. Let me thank you for listening to the show. Let's have a beer together. Let's celebrate Raider Nation. And there's no pressure because they don't have a pick. So we don't have to, like, turn and look at the stage every minute when Tennessee's up or Jacksonville. You can just sit back and have a Raider Nation party all day, which is going to be amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. That's what's going to happen next week. 702-365-9200 on the life of Daryl LaMonica. As Vinny wrote a great column, and he was a two-time AFL MVP. Two-time AFL MVP. And I got a chance to talk to him and interview him on the field in Oakland. It was, I always say that, uh, to show off. And I I tell people from time to time, they say, what's the biggest thing you've ever emceed? Well, I said 54,000 in Oakland as they brought back their legends and their iconic legends. I got to MC that and be on the field with Daryl LaMonica and ask him a question. And Heidi Fang sent me that picture yesterday. And I thanked uh, Heidi, and I want to thank her again. Really moved me to see Daryl LaMonica, who was kind of a frequent, not so much guest on the radio, but someone I had a chance to uh, introduce many times at private events and the alumni event. And my my wife's in Florida. She went to visit 
her sister and her parents. And she's been there all week. And she called me last night about Daryl LaMonica and asked how his wife was doing because my wife had a chance to sit with them in Napa a couple of times. And it's just a beautiful family. So we're paying tribute to the man behind the deep ball, as Vinny wrote about on the cover today. If you got something you want to say about a memory, uh, I got a short 45 minutes before we got a lot of book guests and a replay of an interview that I haven't heard in a couple of years, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, One other cover story, which is on the cover of the paper, Tyson and a plane incident. Mike Tyson's a big part of Las Vegas. Mike Tyson, there's a video on TMZ, punching a passenger who they're saying now and trying to describe if they provoked him or not. San Francisco police responded at 10 p.m. to a physical altercation on an airplane, JetBlue, at the domestic terminal. As Tyson was flying from San Francisco to Florida, uh, there was someone videotaping it. There was a fan behind Tyson who just wouldn't let up and kept talking to Mike, talking to Mike, and Mike said, stop, chill. And Mike is claiming that he threw a water bottle on him, whatever happened, and Tyson went off. We've had a lot of people beating up people on airplanes throughout COVID, and Tyson's in big-time trouble for this. So this is something that, it's a Vegas story. I wanted to get into the monologue because Mike Tyson gets treated like royalty in Vegas. And if you take a look at his track record, he went to jail for rape. He didn't get accused of it. He got accused and went to jail for rape. It's not made up, if you like Tyson. It's a true story. And now he's beating up, beating up someone on an airplane. It's Mike Tyson for you. And look, I went to Tyson's fights. I was ringside for bite night. I was there for a lot. I saw Mike Tyson's show. You know, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. You know, Tyson has been a big figure here in Vegas throughout my career here in Vegas. But he's in big time trouble with this one. So that's the monologue as we open it up to you. 702-365-9200 if you want to call in on Daryl LaMonica. I pride great quality phone calls in this time slot. Wink, wink. So if you got something great to say about this. And then next week, we're heavy on the draft. And unfortunately for the Raiders, we're going to have a lot of draft experts on. And they're not going to be talking about the Raiders much because the Raiders don't have a pick. But as I talked to Vinny uh, today off the air and other people about this, we will be ready at Dre's on the roof if the Raiders trade up into the first round. And as I've said, the only way that could happen is if they move some players. This was pretty cool. If you download Behind the Shield on Raiders.com and also on the Raiders mobile app or if you just follow the Raiders on Twitter and Facebook. So I saw this yesterday and Q voiced a great promo for this. And I got a chance last night to watch the Behind the Shield show. And there was a part from this show, which was really cool, which I forgot about. And they took a a segment of what we were talking about on this show. I wanted you to hear it today. This was 22 days before free agency. 22 days before free agency. On this show, I had a feeling about Devontae coming to the Raiders. Here it is. And the biggest name by far, Devontae Adams, is the best player and the best player available to be franchise tagged. He's also tied to Derek Carr because they played college football together and they're really good friends. And he could be available, and where he would want to go, a lot of people would assume would be with Derek Carr right here in Las Vegas. So I think the Raiders are in play, more so than any team because of the recruiting capability of Josh McDaniels as the play caller and Derek Carr as the quarterback. It feels like a good fit. All right, so we we 
you know, like taking credit for guessing right. We just it was a good fit. Devontae Adams was a good fit. I was excited that the Raiders captured that from our show and put it up there because that was well before the deal was done and he ended up coming here. What does it mean now? Well, it's interesting because I'm wondering how many people now get the fact that we have Devontae Adams. We don't need we don't need certain players in the draft. We don't need the best receiver. We have the best receiver. We don't need the best slot receiver. We have the best slot receiver. We don't need the best tight end, even though Darren Waller is not the best tight end in the league. He's one of them. I mean, come on. We, we know the, the guy who beats up the Raiders from Kansas City, Kelsey. I'm not going to say Waller's better than him. I'd get, I'd get arrested if I said that. But Waller's damn good. So for those who have put in time talking about him being a potential trade guy, I never think that. I don't think that at all because you let it play out with Darren Waller. You let it play out with Hunter Renfro. If you want to give him contract extensions now, you go ahead and do that if you think it's right. Financially, if you want to wait till next year, you go ahead and do it. But we know what Derek thinks about those two players and the impact that they could have. 702-365-9200. Antonio in Modesto. That sounds close to Modelo. How are you, Antonio? JT, I'm good, man. Um, I got I got the opportunity last year. Um, well, first I worked with Daryl Lamonica's uh, cousin back in the 90s. Uh, they were both from Fresno area. Um, mm-hmm. His son was a great pitcher, uh, old, old-time pitcher. Um, must have, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. But I got the chance to meet Daryl last year at Pleasanton. You were there. Um, at Freddie Belitnikoff, probably the, the last yeah. time they did the Freddie Belitnikoff thing. I had to sit at the table with him, eat a steak, and Daryl talked to me for a good 45 minutes. I got to do a Facebook Live with him. He was amazing. He talked to me about the game. He talked to me about life. Um, his wife was there. Um, it, it's just, again, you know, we re- I repeat myself a hundred times. The, the, the memories that the Raiders bring to me as, as, a, as a youth back in the 70s will never go away. Um, it's like the eternal flame of burned forever, man. It was, it was just a great conversation, a great night. And I still have the video and I keep it to myself and I watch it. I've shared it with a couple people and it, he was just such a great guy. easy to talk to and uh, a great Raider. Wow. Isn't that great when you can meet one of these legends and, you know, not only take a selfie or do a Facebook live, but you can talk to them and have a meal with them and they share, you know, I've done that with Jim Plunkett and Bolitnikoff. And these guys, Tim Brown, Charles Woodson, whoever it is, how just to get one-on-one time with them in a setting like that and to have an experience for a lifetime, right? Absolutely. I mean, he, he talked about place, game situation. He talked about Derek Carr. He talked about Snake. Um, I, I, I don't want to say I couldn't get away from the table, but he, he just talked and talked. And that was, he, was a, he was a great, great, great uh, uh, night that night that I won't forget, man. It was, it was awesome. Good. Thanks for sharing that with us. Appreciate it. That's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to share uh, Daryl LaMonica's stories. When when Raiders pass away, it doesn't matter if they were two-time AFL MVPs, and it doesn't matter if they played six games. doesn't matter. They're a Raider. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Do you know how many people are ripping that off, by the way? That's a topic for another day. How many times you turn on? I said this the other day. I saw it in baseball. I forget what team. You know, they're saying... You know, once a Blue Jay, always a Blue Jay, or whatever team it is. Once, stop it. You know, Arizona Cardinal, once a Cardinal. No, no, no. They steal stuff from the Raiders. 
they steal stuff. You know, it's commitment to excellence. Once a Raider, always a Raider. I'd like someone to do research on that. Maybe I'm wrong. And I, I'm, I screw up five times a day before breakfast. But I know the Raider Nation and Raider Rob back in the day. And we put it on radio. And we were the first to put it on radio. And I give credit to Raider Rob all those years with Raider Nation. And then I came up with the term Niner Empire because we were fighting on the radio. Battle of the Bay, Raider Nation, Niner Empire. And, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. I've never asked anybody that. When did that come about? When did that come about? Did that come about in the 60s, 70s, 80s? I don't know exactly. But maybe someone else out there knows that. But now I see a bunch of people off. It would be unbelievable if Al Davis went out there and patented all this back in the day because everybody copies all these catchphrases from the Raiders. 702-365-9200. You know, one of the things Vinny wrote about in the cover story today was LaMonica was a four-sport star at Clovis High School outside of Fresno and ended up going to Notre Dame in his baseball career. He had a really big baseball career potentially in front of him. And I talked to my dad every day, and my dad was a really unique, great high school athlete, played baseball, played basketball, was all city in New York. And my, I, my dad mentioned that. He mentioned that about Daryl LaMonica, and he said, he said, wow, how, how, didn't he play multiple sports? And I had the paper in front of me, and I said, yeah, Dad, he was a four sports star in high school in Fresno and my dad's like yeah I, I kind of remember that I remember that he was and my dad's 83 and Daryl passed away at 80 so you, you can understand the conversations that I value with my dad today and these uh, Raider legends I talked to in preparation to talk about Daryl LaMonica who was born in 1941 and died yesterday 2022 peacefully died peacefully in his home with his lovely bride in the home with him. So uh, he was a great hunter, avid outdoorsman, loved to hunt and loved to fish and fish the day before he passed away from what I'm hearing. So just a beautiful guy. Uh, Frank's in Lodi, California on the flagship of the Raiders. Hello, Frank. Yes. Um, JC, I was Daryl and of course, Kenny Stabler made me a Raider fan when I grew up in Canada, but now I live here in the Valley was always a big fan, but Daryl would play in a, a member guest golf tournament here and, Woodbridge every year mm-hmm. and being a Raider fan I'd visit them every year um, we'd talk for quite a while before the tournament or after the tournament each day it was a numerous day tournament and after doing that for a couple times he would remember my name I was just a nobody a guy I'd met but then I'd see him the next year he'd say hi Frank how are you doing and we'd talk again and then again I was at being a ticket holder i met him at napa one time he was there with all the alumni and he seen me there and he come up and said hi frank how are you doing he was such a personable guy had time for everybody and just very kind and very caring guy his wife was the same way we'd have the dinners in the evening just a wonderful person and, and just those old blue collar players are just unbelievable i can't say enough about good things about Daryl lamonica's Nicely said. Appreciate you sharing that. I, I refer to Vinny's column today in the Las Vegas Review Journal. And to see this, and I knew this, but to read it today blew me away. Uh, Al Davis made the trade for LaMonica in 1967. LaMonica repaid Al Davis by putting together three straight seasons of more than 3,000 yards passing and leading the Raiders to a cumulative record. Ready for this? 37-4-1. 
37, 4, and 1 in the 1967 AFL championship. It was the start of one of the great runs in Oakland Raider history. They reached the Super Bowl, played in three straight AFL championship games, and advanced to the AFC championship game after the NFL and AFL merger in 1970, all with LaMonica leading the way. I mean, Derek loves LaMonica. Derek Carr understands what I just read. I mean, how do you live up to that? How do you go 37-4-1 in that era, go through the merger, Super Bowl II, and as Chris and West Oakland pointed out yesterday, you know, there were a couple of heartbreaking losses for LaMonica and Blanda and Stabler early in his career and all of that. You start thinking of those losses and what would happen. What would happen if they won those games? What would happen if they won all those games? Where would Daryl LaMonica be in the history of the sport? I mean, he's in the championship games. They lose to Lombardi's Packers in Super Bowl II. Anyone would have lost to Lombardi's Packers. You understand that, right? Everybody would have lost that game. The Raiders were in that game. And then it got away in the second half. But LaMonica is playing in all these games. If he catches another championship win, a Super Bowl win, I mean, come on. And he's the same guy, win or lose. That's what's amazing about the history of the Raiders. They were arguably the best team, but by losing these heartbreaking championship games or playoff games, people forget in the 70s they got one when they could have had three or four. And it's not a big reach. You know, I said that to compliment Russell Wilson in Seattle. Seattle was in the playoffs a lot with Russell Wilson. They went to two Super Bowls. They should have won two. He threw an interception on the one-yard line. If if that ends up being completed, Russell Wilson's got two Super Bowls. He's still got a great legacy, but it's a different one. Man, getting to the playoffs is hard. Winning in the playoffs is hard. Winning the championship game is super hard. Daryl LaMonica lived that life, and we miss him already. And there's a lot of other legends who are still there that will celebrate their lives as they're here with us. That's what we do on a real flagship station. We're brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. They help fuel the monologue. This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. He's the running back, and Carr will go back into the gun on second and goal. Jacobs cuts middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown for the Las Vegas Raiders. Brent Musburger on the call. And this segment is brought to you by M Resort Spa and Casino as it's once a Raider, always a Raider as we're looking back at the history of the Raider draft and as we are sitting in the 2000s now, an elite quarterback out of high school and college, a first-round pick for the Silver and Black, number 23 overall in 2005. Fabian Washington joins us. Fabian, good to talk to you again. How you been? Man, thanks for having me, JT. I'm doing good. I'm happy you're doing great. I want to tell you, looking back at your career in high school, you played three sports, basketball, football, and track, four-year starter at corner, 
and you played backup quarterback. When did you get on the radar of Nebraska and on those college scouting services? Because you were an elite player in high school. How'd that work out? Well, I think it came about uh, my junior year. I had a pretty good season. I became a, uh, I was an honorable mention all state in the state of Florida. So that uh, that's when it really came about around my junior year. My senior year, I just I just had a phenomenal year uh, across the board. But my junior year, I was starting to uh, uh, be one of those names out of the state of Florida that a guy that can possibly uh, play at the next level. And hey, it worked out. <laughs> It did. You know, your speed, 4-2-9 in the 40-year senior year, the Florida State meet, the history of you as a track star. Before we get to Al Davis, the Raiders, and the history of speed at the cornerback position, I want to get into Nebraska again. You know, a lot of kids from Florida went to the U, Florida State, Florida. How'd they let you out of Florida and get you to Nebraska? What's the story there? Well, with the situation where that was, those are – Florida and Miami wanted me to play wide receiver. And I just, that that's not, I, I could barely catch and you want me to play wide receiver. No <laughs> way. Uh, no, I guard people. I've been playing cornerback since I was like nine years old. So no, I'm not playing wide receiver. I think they saw some plays uh, on film in high school that they liked on the offensive side of the ball and wanted to convert me. But no, I wasn't. I wasn't having that. Florida State was enough, uh, the third of the big three out of the state of Florida. They offered me as a corner. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like the situation didn't match for me. I wanted to come in and play as a freshman. And they already had guys in, in rotation where it was going to be virtually impossible to break that rotation. Well, Fabian Washington's our guest. So tell me some of the memories there as you get recruited to Nebraska and you're starting three years, you come out early to get to the NFL. I mean, you were playing in big games, the rivalry games for Nebraska in front of 80, 90,000. What was that like in college playing for such a big time program? Uh, it was amazing, man. Cause you know, I, I went to Nebraska right after the year they played in the national championship versus Miami. So it was a lot of expectations uh, when you arrive on campus and Camp, camp, uh, summer condition, everything is super serious. And I'm coming from high school. I'm just arriving on uh, on campus. And, you know, you know, in high school, hey, I'm tired. Hey, I might want to. <sighs> you barely making your time. No, they're not having it. And it was just a different work ethic. You saw a different work ethic uh, from, from this winning, traditionally uh, winning team, this powerhouse, than what I'm accustomed to from high school. And either you're going you're gonna to fit, fit in or they're going to get you out of there. So it was a situation with me, hey, and the guys definitely, they were very encouraging, hey, mm-hmm. hey just got to get in better shape, hey. And I did. <laughs> they forced me to do that. And it was, man, it was a blessing, man. And the games, the actual playing in the games, because uh, we were in the Big 12 at that time, you playing against the Texas, uh the Colorados, uh, sure, pretty much everybody. Those were tough games, robbery games. You knew after those games, your body's going to be very sore. You know, hey, so get ready to uh, pack your lunch pail that Saturday uh, because it's going to be some hard-nosed football. 
Fabian Washington joins us. So tell me about the Raiders. You ran again another sub 4-3 at the Combine. Uh, Mr. Davis was really about speed at the corner position. Raiders always looking for a corner. Tell me about the phone call, the draft pick, the first round. And did you think you were going to be a Raider? Because you could have got picked two before or two after. How'd you become a Raider? All right. I'm, a, I'm just in no specific order. I'm just going to talk about the day <laughs> because it, it's a long day. Draft day is a extremely long day for the draft picks. So that day, I think I woke up around about 8.39ish, you know, to prepare for my day. This is, first of all, let me rewind. This is when the draft was on Saturday. The first round was on a Saturday. I think the first three rounds were on, on all on, on Saturday. So that first round, and it was 15 minutes per pick. So I wake up around 8.39ish, 8. Mm-hmm. Me and my uh, agent, we have a, a phone meeting about what's possible to come, everything that he's hearing. So coming into the draft, we knew St. Louis was interested, Kansas City was interested, Jacksonville was interested, and New England was interested. And that morning, I guess my agent got a phone call. He told me, hey, the Raiders are in play to draft you. And I was just, I was like, the Raiders don't have a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. I said, he was explaining to me, hey, they just moved into the, they just moved up in the second round, and somehow they may get into the first. I'm like, okay, cool, no problem. So as the day go, the draft starts now, and it's a long first round. I'm so glad that they cut down the times in the first round now. But it, it's just the 15 minutes is it's extremely yeah, long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think St. Louis or Kansas City, one of them, I forget who picked mm. first, but they were very similar picks. Both of them was in the teens, and both of them passed on me. And the next pick was the 21st pick, Jacksonville, that I knew that was interested in me. Right. Jacksonville was the 21st pick, and I'm waiting, 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 and they end up pick, picking Matt Jones. The, the quarterback, the quarterback. Out of Arkansas mm-hmm. that went on to play wide receiver for them. So now I'm guessing I'm guessing it's going to be because I think New England was picking last in the first. I'm like, okay, here we go. I guess uh, New England is going to be the spot. And right as Matt Jones is being picked at 21, my phone rings. I'm like, I'm like, I should talk to any of these teams. Well, you know, you get, you get this this. It was like an old raspy voice. Like, hey, 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 Fabian, uh, this is Mr. Davis. I'm like, Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis, Oakland Raiders. Um, just checking on you. I think we're going to take you uh, with the 23rd pick. I'm still looking at the regular TV. No trade has went down, nothing yet. I'm like, wow. And they take you. Wow. And Al Davis, and, yeah. Al Davis makes the call. Fabian, I'm up against the Barilla. Al Davis made the call, and what was it like when you hung up with your family and friends? What was the explosion like? Uh, it was amazing. That was uh, that was the first time I ever cried from joy. The mm. second time was the birth of my daughters. But the first time I ever cried from joy was being drafted to the Raiders. 
What is going on with your life now? Once a writer, always a writer. Highs and lows of being a writer. Any regrets coming in a first-round pick, playing with this team, you know, not fulfilling, you know, a long career with the Raiders. What do you think about the Raiders when the alumni call you? You got your legacy brick, and you know you're part of this family. Oh, man, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. But, all right, let me try to catch up. All right, uh, what am I doing now? Uh I'm pretty much an AAU basketball dad. My my 14 year old, she plays uh, mm-hmm. basketball, so I'm usually traveling wherever she's playing at. Luckily, we're off this weekend. I get to just relax. But next weekend, we're right back on the road again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm doing with that. Uh, oh my God! And do you miss anything oh. about the? Do you miss anything <laughs> you about the Raiders? Excuse me. You, what do you miss most about the Raiders and what you wanted to accomplish and what you didn't accomplish and, you know, your football career? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, what I miss most about the Raiders is obviously just the black hole. Black hole is something. It, it, wow. It's a special place. It's a special place to play at, man. Hey, they give it to you blood raw, man. Hey, <laughs> if you're playing well, you're going to know you're playing well. If you're not playing well, you're going to know you're not yep. playing well. And I, I, I love honesty. That's one thing about me. I love honesty. Things that I wish I could have had a 10, 12-year career with the Raiders, man. It's things I did uh, when I started out uh, playing with the Raiders that eight. I suggest athletes. I suggest whoever gets picked by the Raiders, treat this thing as a job. Treat it as a job. You haven't arrived once you got drafted. Treat it as a job. You haven't accomplished. You accomplished one goal, but now you got to accomplish the next. You got to move on to the next goal. And one thing I did when I accomplished my major goal in life, I think I took my foot off the gas a little. Okay. I took my foot off the gas and thought thought I arrived and was just. I didn't take. I didn't take the job serious. And like I said, it's a job. You're not playing football anymore. You're working football now. So you got to take the job serious. And and that's one thing I do regret uh, playing with the Raiders, man, that I, I just didn't take the job serious. I did the same thing that I was doing in college. I did in the pros. And you can't do that. You can't do that uh, when you're a professional. Nicely said. It's Nicely said. Football. I wanted you to say that, and I'm happy you did because – you're a part of this family. Once a Raider, always a Raider. The alumni appreciate you. We do. And it sounds like you got a great life with your family. And we look forward to seeing you when you come out to Vegas. And you're part of the family. And thanks so much for doing this. And thank you guys, man. You got it. Fabian Washington. Appreciate it. Once a Raider, always a Raider. I'm happy he said that at the end. You know, he you take the, take the job more seriously. Take it more seriously. You haven't arrived when you're drafted. Played for the Raiders from 2005 to 2007 as a former first-round draft pick. And you could tell by booking him and getting him on the show, the Raiders care about him. He's part of the family. Mention the Black Hole. I go to the president of the Vegas chapter, Black Hole Cisco, ahead of the draft. How are you, my brother? I'm well, JT. How's it going, my man? We're doing good. How does it feel, the most notorious fan base in all of sports, Vegas anchoring the draft. How you feeling about this and the turnout? Oh man, we're excited, JT. As always, man. You know we definitely do this for Raider Nation. Hope uh, 
Raider Nation comes out in full force and and makes Vegas a landmark for the for the draft, man. I mean, that's it's it's something special, you know, moving out here a couple of years ago and and the way the city has embraced the team and the the community has embraced the team. It's uh it's definitely something special. You know, my heart will always be in Oakland, but man, uh you know, if the team had to move, this was the perfect place to do it and and I'm glad uh Mark Davis did did this. Uh, I know I might get a couple of little grunts and groans from my brothers back home in the Bay, but, uh, you know, hey, man, it is what it is. Uh, I saw you posted on Facebook about the passing of Daryl LaMonica, if you can comment on him. Oh, my God, yes. You know, my heart goes out to the family and his his wife, such a beautiful uh, woman inside and out. Daryl, such a great individual. Um, man, I got the opportunity to meet him at the NFL alumni golf tournament in Hayward about, mm-hmm. like I said, about three years ago and taking the time to speak to you. And he wasn't rushed. He was like, he knew you for years past and, uh, his wife, just such a doll, such a beautiful person. Her too, just acted like, you know, we known each other for years and, uh, the speech that LaMonica uh, gave at the golf tournament. I, I'm searching my phone uh, all night, and I realized it was on another phone that I have in my storage. His speech from that golf tournament was amazing. It was amazing. And we all at the table were looking at each other like, wow, that was an incredible speech. So, once again, man, my heart goes out to uh, Raider Nation, to, to the LaMonica family. Uh, we, we lost one of the greats, and he was truly one of the greats. All right, my friend, I hope you can come to Cafe Americano on Thursday. We're there from noon to 2, all because of Modelo. You got a big connection with that, too. And then you got the official Black Hole Party later on that night. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Thursday we're going to have we're gonna be at the Tropicana at the Trago Lounge doing the first round. Obviously, we don't have one as of yet of draft picks, so we're just hoping the Raider Nation comes out in full force and hangs out with us. You know, we're going to have the three amigos there. Other super fans will be in the house, but uh, Fridays are is really going to be our kicker. Friday night, we're going to move it to the larger Havana room, was, mm-hmm. uh, and that's going to lead out to the pool area as well. So we're going to have a little indoor-outdoor cigar smoking and whatnot. We're going to have our buddies calls in, Stoner Dude and Raider Head rocking the night out, as well as uh, our guy DJ Mike Scott keeping the uh, the toast tapping and the bodies moving, man. But it's going to be a Raider Nation black hole party like they always are, man. And we're excited about it and hope everybody comes out. Thank God the black hole's in Vegas. It legitimizes all of this, especially for an event like that. Thanks for checking in, Cisco. Have a great Thank weekend. You. You All right, Cisco, you, there he is from the Black Hole. Appreciate that. I got to get out uh, quickly. Thanks to Fabian Washington for joining us. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for X. I had a Remy Martin sidecar for Daryl LaMonica last night after my show. A toast to the sky for one of the great Raider legends of all time. We'll have a replay of a interview I had with Daryl LaMonica. Bobby, when was that interview from? 2021. So recently, Daryl LaMonica, as we pay respects to him, the man behind the deep ball. The Raiders get the ball in the 32 or 33. Holy Toledo, one more shot they have.
Well, this is stringing it right to the end. They may not have another one. It's 13-7 New York. Eight seconds to go. LaMonica comes in. Wells is back in for Boletnikov. He's to the left. Sherman to the right. Loose quarterback coverage. They're way off. They don't want to give up the bomb. LaMonica's back. He looks. He's throwing deep for Wells in traffic. It's better room. Wells catches the ball. Wells has caught the ball. Wells has caught a touchdown. And it's tied. 13-13. Three New York Jets. Three of them were all over Wells. They batted them all up in the air. Wells caught it. Falling down. I don't believe it. How great is Bill King on the call there? JT, we have a Daryl LaMonica interview coming up here in about 10 minutes. Please don't miss that. And nothing makes me happier today, nothing, to bring in one of the greatest callers and people in the history of the Raider Nation to call in. It's been a while. He's the chairman of the board of the Raider Nation, the great Raider Mort. Mort, an honor. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, but I didn't, uh, wasn't doing good yesterday when, when I got the news, JT. Yeah, Mort, you were there for all the games, lifelong Raider fan, diehard, one of the most famous Raider fans of all time. Tell us about Daryl LaMonica. Well, when we traded for Daryl, that was after the 66 season, the first year of the Oakland Coliseum. So he started for us in the 67 season. The Raiders changed. They got a quarterback that threw the bomb. And with the old man-to-man defense of the AFL that was just suited just right for him and the Raiders, and he came to the Raiders by trading Tom Flores and Art Powell from San Jose State. And that same year, they got Willie Brown to play quarterback. They got Rod Sherman to play wide receiver. They got Upshot at right guard, Roger Bird to play safety. And after a lackluster season in 66, the Raiders just came to life in 67 under Johnny Rouch. And they went 13-1 losing only to Joe Namath and the Jets on Saturday night in New York, played in Super Bowl two against Lombardi and the Packers. In the three years under Darrell's first three years, they were 13 and one, 68, they were 12 and two, and 69, they were 12, one and one, and a sterling four-year uh, one loss record, mm-hmm. and which hasn't been matched much in the entire NFL. And uh, they were 37-4-1, and 37-4-1 with LaMonic at, first, at quarterback the first four years, J.T. Mort, I'm up against it in a minute, but tell me why he was such a great competitor in about a minute. What made him the Mad Bomber? Well, he wanted to go deep, and so did Al. And they had Freddie B., they had Rod Sherman, Warren Wells. He came from the NFL, had a stint with the uh, – mm-hmm with the old uh, Detroit Lions and Alan Miller, and he went deep all the time, and he beat these guys deep, and they became one of the most exciting teams in pro football, and they, they were always playing in the afternoon games, the night games on the East Coast, and that's why we had so many fans back there, because they just loved the way the Raiders played in those days, and as a starter, he had 145 TD passes, and he set a record in 69 with 34 TD passes, which is still a record, and he averaged 3,258 yards his first three years, 29 TDs a year, and he was one of the most devastating quarterbacks in the history of the old AFL and NFL. Thank you, Mort. Got to run. We got Daryl LaMonica at the top of the hour on a replay. For those who are listening, 
You know who that was? Yeah, that was Raider Mort. Raider Mort had a, and still does, has a massive impact on my career and life. To get him to call in on a Friday, that's special. Love that. As we pay tribute to Daryl LaMonica, uh, NFL mock drafts next hour. And stick around. We'll replay the LaMonica interview in a few minutes. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> 